have a lesson here from a youth camp called Truth Be Told, or Teen Camp rather, a little, little shorter version, but I uh, wanted to give you a flavor. It was awesome to worship God this morning, amen? Uh, that was great, very, very therapeutic for you, for me, hopefully it was therapeutic for you as well. I grabbed what I thought was my lesson, but it was actually a stack of programs, so that's not going to help me much. So uh, go ahead and be turning to the book of John, and I'm going to grab my lesson from back here. So uh, the title of the lesson today is Truth Be Told. That was our theme from a youth camp, or teen camp rather. Just waiting for it to appear magically on screen. It's coming, I can tell. Uh, so teen camp, I, I, as was shared, was amazing. Uh, the theme was Truth Be Told, and so a lot of this lesson comes from a, a, a lesson that Kevin uh, Holland did there, uh, but it's really about living by the truth, and so that's what we're going to be talking about today, living by the truth, uh, and the, talking about the impact of truth in our lives. So I wanted to start with a video, and so I'm just waiting for uh, the presentation to be on screen. Let's go ahead and go over to John 1. And let me go ahead and have somebody uh, stand up and read John 1, 14. All right, back there. All right, so the Bible says that Jesus came from the Father, and he was full of grace and truth. You know, it's a perfect balance. You know, with, with some of us, maybe we're a little more on the grace side. Maybe some of us were a little more on the truth side. It's really hard to get the perfect balance, isn't it? And yet when you have a perfect balance of grace and truth, meaning when you are totally open and vulnerable and real, but you're also confronted with grace that's an amazing thing that's what Jesus is really all about is that perfect balance of grace and truth uh, verse 17 and 18 same same chapter who can read that for us go ahead and stand up yeah Such an awesome verse, isn't it? That's why I follow Jesus, because that's the way to know God. Everybody wants to know God. People try to find God in different ways. They try to go up to Yosemite, or they try to go surfing, or they try to, I want to experience God. That's what everybody really wants, is to know God. The Bible says here, John writes that that is how we get to know God, is that Jesus came to show us who God is. No one's ever seen God, but God, who is God, has made him known. Jesus, who is God, has made him known. Jesus is God in the flesh. At one point... He tells uh, one of his followers, when you see me, you see the Father. Jesus came to show us that perfect balance, to show us God's character, and that's why I follow him. And again, it says in this verse, he, had, he was full of grace and truth. And, and Jesus is absolute truth. 
the word has all kinds the, the world has all kinds of alternate truths doesn't it all kinds of things and the world is always changing it on, on what it thinks is true the world thinks that uh, you know at one time the world thought that uh, the, the earth was the center of the universe. At one time, the world thought that the earth was flat, completely flat. Uh, at one time, the world thought that cigarettes were good for your health. You know, if you do some Google searches, you can see some old cigarette ads and they'll have a doctor saying, I recommend, you know, Virginia Slims because they're great for your health or whatever. So it just shows you the world, you can't trust what the world says. The world is always changing. And, and uh, the world can be dishonest. The world can lead us astray. So I'm going I'm to try this video here, see if it works. And we'll, we'll kind of illustrate this a little bit. So if even a dog can be dishonest, you got some, some problems there. Because if anybody's going to be, who can't you trust? Who can you trust if you can't trust a dog, right? But the world is full of, of dishonest uh, things. And uh, this verse, John 8, says, when he, Satan, lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The father of lies. Satan, there, there are competing forces at work in the world. God is truth. Jesus is absolute truth. And yet there are all these whispers of lies. And Jesus says he's the father of lies. He was there from the beginning with lies. Remember the stories of Adam and Eve? Remember what he told them in the very beginning? You know, God said, you can, everything's good. You're in this garden and you're taking care of. Everything's beautiful. You're together. It's, it's awesome. Everything's great except just don't eat this one tree so it's just one thing, just one little thing God asked of them. And yet, you know, Satan tries to work on that one thing. And, and did God really say that this, and, and, and what he's, he always uses little half-truths. Like he says, did God really say this? And, he, and he, he'll spin it a little bit. It wasn't exactly what God had said. And so it's like, well, no, he did this. And, well, he doesn't want you to be like him, knowing good and evil. You'll not surely die. He doesn't want you to become like him. God's trying to keep you down. He'll, he'll twist the truth. And uh, I remember talking about this verse when Marshall, my son Marshall, was six years old. And if you know Marshall, he's always trying to figure things out, kind of how the world works. And he goes, uh, if everything Satan says is a lie, then we just need to believe the opposite. Which is logical. But it's not exactly true, is it? Because Satan twists things. And, and so that's why it's so important that we cling to Jesus. That's why it's so important that we have the truth, that we, that we hold on to the truth. Uh, at teen camp, th this was great because 
you know, this is, these are the millennial generation there at teen camp. And did you know that millennials are the largest generation in U.S. history? I didn't know that. I thought the baby boomers were. But the millennials are even a bigger generation. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a great generation. It's the least racist of any generation. It's the most diverse generation. It's the least religious generation, the least, you know, affiliation with church. So that's really an opportunity for people to experience who God is. It's an opportunity for the kingdom to really show people God. And uh, it's typical in our society for people to, to be dishonest more than they are honest. Uh, and the average male lies four times a day. The average female lies three times a day. So women, you're, you're a little more spiritual than we are. I don't exactly how th know they determine that. Uh, it's according to certain studies. So, you know, maybe they're lying on the study, and so maybe really it's even higher. <laughs> Kids learn to lie between the age of two and three. Anybody with little kids, you know that. The average four-year-old lies every 60 minutes. <laughs> so from a really early age, we, we get caught up in this deceitfulness. And uh, what, what uh, Jesus says in John 17, we're just going to be staying here in John here today. But this is his prayer right at the end of his ministry. Uh, he's just had the, the Last Supper with them uh, that we celebrated as we took communion a few minutes ago. And he, he has this prayer. And it's, it's a prayer that's recorded. So his guys must have been there as he was praying. And this is part of his prayer. He prays to God, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but that you keep them safe from the evil one. Remember, the evil one is the father of lies. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Set them apart in the truth. Your word is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, so I send them into the world, and I set myself apart on their behalf, so they too may be truly set apart. So this is a great verse. You see this principle of being in the world, but not of the world. You've probably heard that before. Of being set apart. Jesus didn't want us to just go up on a hill and, you know, be in a monastery and just completely separate us from, separate ourselves from the world. That would be nice. And we get little moments of that, like being at teen camp. It's awesome just to be with the kingdom. But then we got to go back to the world, right? We live in the world. And Jesus says, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. I mean, eventually we're going to be together with God forever. That's heaven. But right now we're in the world. But we've got to be different than the world. We've got to be set apart from the world. Jesus says, just like I'm set apart from the world, I want you to set them apart. And look in this verse. What is it? That sets us apart in this verse. It's the truth, isn't it? The truth is what allows us to be different. That's what walking in the light, that's a metaphor that John uses sometimes, walking in the light. In the light, there are no secrets. There's no, everything is exposed. You're walking in truth. Truth is what makes us different. In the, and, and many of us, if, if you're visiting with us today, we all came from all kinds of backgrounds. None of us here were, were just you know, these perfect religious people all our lives. We're all, you know, we look back, we've got all kinds of baggage. And we all relate to that time of, of just being in the darkness, of hiding out, of nobody knows the real me. And if anybody knew the real me, they wouldn't really like me or trust me or, or, or want to be with me. And so I got to keep myself hidden. I got to keep myself, you know, undercover. And yet that's what's so great about being a follower of Jesus, that you're able to have grace and truth together. And, and we are to be set apart. There's a statue at uh, Harvard. I didn't go to Harvard, but uh, I Googled the picture. I went to Cal State Dominguez Hills, baby. 
But there's this picture from uh, Harvard. It's, it's, a, it's said to be a statue of John Harvard. And on the, on the inscription on the bottom, it says veritas, which means truth. And so it says, you know, everybody sees it. It goes to school there at Harvard. This, there's, a pic, there's the statue of John Harvard. It says truth. And yet this statue is known as the statue of three lies. Because here are the three lies. Uh, when this was created, uh, there were no photos of John Harvard that existed. And so a student named Sherman Hoare was chosen randomly by, uh, chosen randomly and dressed in a statue, in the style of the statue, and then they, they, you know, made a statue of him. So this is some student named Sherman. It's not really John Harvard. Secondly, John Harvard is not actually the founder of the college. The Massachusetts Bay Colony established the college. It was only later named after John Harvard. So that's a lie that he's the founder of the college. He's not. It was just named after him later. And the third lie is that the college was actually founded in 1636 and not 1638, like it says in the inscription. So, you know, even though it's, boy, it's in stone, it's not the truth. And so you got to go to one source for the truth, and that's Jesus. And, and the, the lies that we tell, we all know, we've all been there, they eat away at our souls. You know, you, you, you can rationalize any sin, your mind can. You can kind of rationalize away, but your heart still knows. And the, the more you build your life on untruth, the more your heart still knows it's wrong. Look at this interaction in John uh, 18 between Jesus and Pilate. So this is a little bit after that last verse we read. Jesus is before Pilate, and he's the governor. He's the guy in charge of all of Palestine. Uh, he's a Roman procurator, and uh, he, he has the power, so he thinks, to either sentence Jesus to death or to let him go. And, and, and Pilate is dumbfounded because Jesus doesn't seem to care about that. And so people are questioning him, and he's not even answering him. He's not even getting G Jesus to talk. Uh, he's just silent. And so finally, Pilate's like, uh, he, he calls him, he says that you're the king of the Jews. That's what they say. Then Pilate says, so you are a king. Jesus replied, you say that I'm a king. For this reason, I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Pilate asks, what is truth? And this is a great interaction between Jesus and Pilate, but I think it's an interaction between us and the world or us and our worldly selves. To know that Jesus is here to testify to the truth. And he says, everyone who belongs to me listens to my voice. Everybody belongs to truth listens to my voice. So being a part of truth, being set apart in truth, it means following Jesus. It means listening to his voice. That's what allows us to be his. That's what makes us belong to him is if we're listening to his voice and we're living in truth. And, and Pilate's response, what is truth? You know, isn't that the response of the world around us? You know, the truth is relative. Everybody kind of does their own thing. What, what's true for you might not be true for me or what, 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 you know, there's many paths. That's kind of our culture today. And that was very much the culture in the first century. And yet Jesus said, no, there, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Uh, Jesus was very, uh, you know, clear and, 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 and no, no question about uh, what he was saying when he, when he said that I am the truth. There's an article called Why Tell the Truth, and it talks about to build a habit of microscopic honesty. Uh, we all have this habit of hiding, and our lives are really the sum of our habits, aren't they? 
You know, who you are is really the things that you do on a, on a habitual basis. That is really what makes uh, you who you are. And so the practical point, just, just one practical point I want to make today, and that is that you break the habit of hiding because that's the world around us. Instead, build the habit of microscopic honesty. Build the habit of microscopic honesty. You know, I remember, it's hard because we have those little decisions of whether we're going to be honest or not that we face on a daily basis. And there's all these reasons why, you know, it might make sense to, to tell a lie. You know, there, there are kind of some benefits, we think. You know, you might get some respect by not being honest. It's short-lived, but you might get res some respect. You know, the fish was this big when really it was this big. You know, you get short-term respect. <laughs> you might escape punishment by lying especially for the younger people here in the audience. You know, you might es escape some consequences in the short term. Uh, I remember cheating on, on tests in school. You know, you get short-term reward, but that's dishonest. It doesn't help in the long term. You don't build the character and the learning that you need to. You might protect someone else's feelings, you think, by being, by being dishonest. You know, oh, no, you don't look fat in that dress. <laughs> I don't know how you handle that one. I don't know how you handle that one. Henry can tell me. Henry, our elder, can tell me. But, you know, we, we, we shade the truth because we think, oh, I want to protect them. You know, that, there's so many plot lines of, of, of Disney shows or, or, you know, comedies about that where you just, people aren't honest with each other. And then it becomes a funny thing because nobody's being honest with anybody else. You know, why not just be truthful uh, instead of living in dishonesty? Um, there's a, there's a great verse, and we're not going to have time to look at it, but 2 Thessalonians 2.9, you can just write it down. It talks about how God uh, allows there to be a delusion in the world, a powerful delusion for those who refuse to love the truth. So if you don't love the truth, there will be other alternative uh, messages out there. There are delusions out there, and it calls them powerful delusions. They seem credible. And yet, this is for those who refuse to love the truth. I want to be somebody that loves the truth. And yet, if you choose not to love the truth, there, there's always other rationalizations. Romans 1.18, if you want to write this one down as well, it talks about those who suppress the truth through their actions. So you can, by sinful actions, you can suppress the truth. You can try to hold the truth down. You can try to keep the truth from having impact on you. And again, we face those, those little choices on a daily basis. I remember one time, it was really hot. You know how we get those periods of it being really hot here, and uh, we had this little fan that that uh, was in our house. We we lived in a, a smaller house at the time, and um, I can't remember exactly what happened, but I know I was really I get angry when I get hot in the house sometimes. Maybe I'm the only one, but I just start to get frustrated and angry. And this fan was not doing the trick, and so I don't remember. You know, obviously it was stupid, but I I pulled the fan out of the wall and I threw it across the room. And, the, you know, the blade broke and everything. And so I put it back together with, with rubber bands and stuff. <laughs> so I was still working, but it was kind of like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so, so Dessa comes home, and I was sweating kind of like I am right now. And uh, she was like, what happened to the fan? And it's one of those moments where you're like, uh. So I had to be like, I threw it across the room. I got so mad. And, you know, that's happened so many times where I do something so stupid and then I got to tell my wife what I did. Uh, 
You know, and, and we, all, we all face that with more serious things of just, do I really be honest? And what are we afraid of? We're afraid we're going to get judgment. We're afraid we're going to get condemned. We're afraid we're going to get uh, shunned. Uh, and yet that's not who Jesus is. Remember when the woman, she's exposed in her sin and, and they, all, the, all the, the religious people want to stone her, throw rocks at her till she dies. And they say, Jesus, this is what the law commands us to do. And so he thinks for a minute, he uh, kneels down on the ground and starts writing in the sand with his finger, just kind of thinking for a minute. And then he stands up, he says, those of you who are without sin can begin by throwing the first stones. And they begin to walk away one at a time, the oldest ones first, until nobody's left. And it's just the woman there. And, you know, Jesus does not condemn. Him. He says, they didn't, they didn't condemn you, neither do I condemn you, but go now and leave your life of sin. And that's who Jesus is. He doesn't condemn us. He brings grace to us. He expects us to change. He expects us to grow and move past our sin, but he, he brings grace. And so even in this church, I really believe that if you are honest and you are real, you will find love and acceptance. You will find people who've been through that exact same experience that you've been. And, and what, think about your own life right now. Is there any area of your life that, where you are suppressing the truth? Is there area of life that you are hiding in darkness right now? You know, there are people in this room where there, there's stuff going on at home that nobody knows about. There are addictions to, to different things, to pornography is, is huge in our society right now. There are addictions to, to drugs or, 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 uh, or, or, or prescription medicine or all kinds of things that can, can grab us and ensnare us. Uh, there are patterns that you are ashamed of that are in your life. There are relationships that you, you feel bad about it, that you shouldn't be in or that aren't in the, in the state that they should be. But in these things, that's, that's God's power to transform us is truth. That's the way that we change. That's the way that we belong to Jesus is when we let truth in. And so this is a fellowship. We are people who, uh, we want to be real. We don't want to be fake religious people. You know how that's the world out there, the religious world? Uh, I mean, I'm a minister, so a lot of times I'll meet somebody and you see this transition. Like, the, you know, they're a certain way, and then they hear I'm a minister, and then suddenly it's like, oh, blessed be the name of the Lord, you know, or whatever. They kind of, <laughs> peace be with you. You know, they kind of switch into the religious persona. And that's not who we want to be. We just want to be real. This, what you see is what you get. This is who I am at church. This is who I am at home. This is what's really going on. And that's what builds these deep relationships. You know, I appreciate the relationship I have with Steve. I mean, there's been times with Steve where I've been, Real about something that I was really embarrassed about, uh, embarrassed to talk about, uh, something I did or a feeling I had or, you know, this is what I said, but really it was this. And I appreciate that Steve has always met me with grace, has always met me with understanding. And usually it fosters a deeper conversation. You know, I'm, I'm struggling with this sin. And then he's like, oh, I really appreciate you being open. Here's what I'm struggling with. You know, he talks about his sin. And so then it makes us feel closer to one another. That's the only response I get in this, in this fellowship is people being real when I get real. But there's, there's something Satan tries to tell you, oh, no, you can't be real. You can't be honest because you're going to get judged. You're going to get condemned. You're going to get exposed. You're, you know, nobody's going to respect you. Well, really, people respect you more when you're real. People respect you more when you're honest. And so take this away today. Break the habit of hiding. Build the habit of microscopic honesty. Amen? And uh, we're going to pray for our offering right now. And uh, we, we take up a weekly offering. If you're visiting with us, this isn't for you. This is for the members of the church. A lot of us give online as well. But I think this is a great time to sort of check our honesty when it comes to our finances. Because God knows what's in your account. God knows what you make. 
God knows what you spent. Have you ever done that where you record for a while and then you kind of feel embarrassed about what you're spending? Well, God knows all that anyway. And so God knows if we put him first in our finances. God knows if we set aside a sum for him and put him first in what we give. And so this is a great time for us to really have that heart check of being honest and, and building microscopic honesty with God, even when it comes to our finances. So I'll pray right now for our offering, and then uh, we're going to have a, 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 the, the a Vacation Bible School presentation here in a second. Uh, let's pray. God, thank you for this opportunity uh, to uh, contribute to the work of the church. Uh, thank you for the way that you um, just give us many blessings, God. It's amazing that you'll give us $100 and uh, just only ask that we give you 10 And uh, thank you for the opportunity to give back to you. And uh, thank you for the way that you uh, shower us with blessings in this country, in this city, uh, with the jobs that we have. I uh, pray for those who are in need among us, God. I know that uh, there can be challenges, and I pray that we can really be there for each other. I pray for the work uh, around the world. I know we support financially the work that happens in so many other countries, and I really pray. pray for peace in the Middle East right now, God, as uh, it's, a, it's a crazy situation there with Gaza and Israel and with Syria and uh, with Iraq, with uh, ISIS taking over and all these different things happening. And we have brothers and sisters in all those countries, and we support those countries financially and really pray for them. Uh, that your, your gospel would spread, even in hardship. Pray for the needs among us, God. I know Chris Isles' son uh, broke his arm. I pray for him to be okay. And I know Gina's been going through a lot of pain, and really pray for her to be completely healed. Pray for Nathaniel, who's been in a lot of pain, and for his father as well. I just pray for healing in, in both of their situations. I pray that they can know exactly what Nathaniel needs, and uh, he can be able to feel better. Pray for Sarah Doty. I know her, her father just passed away. And so I pray for her, I pray for their family, pray for the Jennings, and uh, just pray that uh, you'd bless this offering that would glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. A couple announcements here as we take up our offering, and the kids should be queuing up here to uh, come on stage. We're going to have a short video, and then uh, the kids have been in VBS all week, and so Vacation Bible School, and so they have a song they've been working on that they're going to do for you. Next week, we will not be here. Uh, next Sunday... We are going to have our Coastal LA family retreat out in Palm Springs. Amen. That's going to be a lot of fun. And so, uh, so anybody who's out there, we're going to have church out there. It's going to be great. If you didn't register yet, please register because we're sending information out about uh, the retreat. If you are not going to the retreat, there's two options for you to go to church next Sunday. Both will be at 5 p.m. There's going to be a 5 p.m. service on the, in Sausalito Street uh, there in, uh, in Los Alamitos where the Greater Long Beach Church meets. And there will be a church service at 5 p.m. up in Culver City at the Veterans Auditorium in the Rotunda Room where Westside meets just in a smaller room. So there will be two different 5 p.m. services next Sunday. These were emailed out over CCB and they'll also be on our website uh, so you can make sure you go to church next Sunday. Uh, and uh, then with that, we're gonna, I'm going to turn it over to Dessa. She has a couple things to say, and then uh, we will watch the VBS video and get to see the presentation by the kids.